Hello, nerds, and welcome to the Mostly Normal Gamers podcast, episode 93. We are recording on Wednesday, March 31st, 2021, the day before Mario dies at the hands of Nintendo. I'm one of your hosts, Chris. This week on the podcast, we'll be discussing Mario's pending execution. Uh, by the time you hear this, he'll already be dead. Uh, and today I am joined by the most qualified person in the world to talk about that with Angie at Stellar Smalls. Uh, Angie, how are you doing? Pretty good. Uh, I mean, so many things have came out already and I think it's just before April Fool's, so I don't know what's real and what's not real anymore. <laughs> um, just before the recording started, I was looking for stories on Twitter and Kotaku on Twitter had tweeted out Halo Infinite delayed till 2022, um, which I think was just them accidentally tweeting out their April Fool's joke. <laughs> oh, never mind. Here, I've refreshed that story. Uh, update from Ari Natis. Hey, everyone, I am a dumbass. Halo Infinite is not, to Kotaku's knowledge, been canceled. We fell for a fake tweet from an, an in <laughs> hindsight, obviously fake account. Follower count 53. Uh, On the eve of April Fools, yes, I, really, I realize how this looks. I regret the error. Kotaku regrets the error. Oh Halo Infinite is planned for release in the back half of 2021. Uh, so we did not get the hottest scoop of breaking news <laughs> before the recording. It And it wasn't even an April Fool's joke like I was theorizing. Uh, we're just uh, getting... <laughs> I just pay too close of attention to Twitter sometimes. <laughs> well, I honestly, when, when I seen that, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have a mini heart attack right now. And then, and I was like, wait a minute, I don't see anything from Halo. What's actually happening here? So I had to yeah. make sure that was not true. The internet is a den of lies, rumors, and thieves sometimes. Um, we're going to jump into the lowdown and move on with the show. If you want to be a part of the conversation or you have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on, you can reach us at MN Gamers Podcast on Twitter. If you don't use Twitter, you can send an email the old-fashioned way to podcast at MostlyNormalGamers.com. That's our website. Please go check it out. You can sign up for our new newsletter, Mostly Normal Monthly, at both our website or at MNGamers.substack.com. And MNGamers.substack.com is also home to the back issues of that. Uh, we're cooking up number eight, I believe, to come out in about two weeks here. Uh, for April, which I can't believe April is already here when this recording comes out. Um, with know, that, that said, insane? I feel like that went by really fast. March did. March and February both felt fast, but then when I look back, January feels like it was like a year ago. I know it's, it's crazy how things are happening now. Just we, feels weird. Well, <laughs> We can jump into some conversations around the relativity of time and time weirdness in one of the games I'm talking about, too. Um, but speaking about what we're playing, Angie, what have you been checking out this week? Uh, still dabbling in Breath of the Wild. Um, I need One of these days, I just need to actually put it, like, do a Twitch stream on it. Because um, I, did, did, I did beat, um, uh, is it Va Meadow, the bird? Mm -hmm. I got him. Got, or got that divine beast so I, I probably will probably will stream um when i go to the castle and do all that situation because it just looks like a shit show and a half so i'm excited about it um and i played a little bit of the um space otter charlie game so yeah tell cute. me about that i loved it the little bit that i played it was so awesome because for one it has otters it's adorable um but two, it actually gives you like mini facts about otters that people may not know if they're not like otter aficionados, which I'm not. I just like animals in general. Mm. Um, and it also has physics facts in there as well. So you kind of like learn a little bit, which I kind of I like. I don't mind that whatsoever. Um, but also like I found there's a sea urchin and 
these little guys that help you in the beginning stages are like, oh, you know, if if you eat that, you know, things will happen. Like, crazy things will happen. I'm like, oh, okay. So I ate it, and, like, Space Outer Charlie went nuts, went on a rampage. It was awesome. That's and- awesome. How – um. I don't know if you've talked about the game on another episode that I didn't catch or anything, oh, but no. what kind of game is it? So it's, it's, um, so it's kind of, uh, oh, what is it called? Um, it's kind of like, you know, old school Mario where it's is like 2d where it's just, you know, screen to screen, left to right situation. Um, and you just follow around the map and you, they, you get tasks, so you fly your ship, like a little mini ship, to certain places to complete tasks. Like the first one I went to, um, landed on this ship, and then we had to restore the power, collect gasoline, and other miscellaneous things to help rebuild the main ship and build other things, like upgrading his suit, because um, he's in a space suit. Otherwise, he, and he could build a space gun, um, like a laser gun, which was pretty cool. But you build up certain, or you build certain things from parts, and you can upgrade your suit and and upgrade armor and all that stuff. Um, but essentially, you're just your otters. That it in the beginning, it tells you that they took years to figure out how to launch to space, and they figured it out, got to space, and then they were kind of just stuck there. So they had to find things to help them figure out what's happening out there because Earth is kind of going to shit. Because, you know, the, um, everything was melting and everything's all super hot now. So otters are like, you know, we need to get out of here or we're going to die because there's no humans. Um, but anyways, so it was an interesting game because you just pl- go around the map. You There's like a boss that ever, when you're done with each map or level. And it's not like a scary boss or anything. Like one of them was just like a computer screen and he shot out electrical charges at you and little bots that had spikes circling around them. So you have to be careful with those guys. But so far I like it just because you just got to figure out where you're going and collect as much parts as you can to upgrade the things that you have or be able to build new things. So that's kind of fun too. Um, I, he was like, I downloaded it on my Xbox. And it was, I think, less than two gigs so and it still has a lot of uh good gameplay left on it so i think it's kind of it's pretty worth it i think it's how much was it i think i seen it on sale for like 13 bucks or 15 bucks so i think it's i think it would be worth it for people to download and buy just because it's especially if they have kids I mean, I like it. I'm not a kid, but <laughs> I think kids would still like it because they can learn some stuff. But no, I like that. I like that game a lot. And I'm going to be playing some more, I think, this weekend if I have a chance to. Awesome. Yeah. What have you you've been streaming right on Monday mornings? Yeah. Here and here and there when I'm able to um, this week, I streamed some Hearthstone Classic. Um, I've been looking forward to. Uh, Hearthstone Classic ever since they announced it. And I actually, um, back when I was doing one iteration of my blog before I was on this podcast, um, I think all the way back in 2017, I kind of um, speculated that they might do something like that or that I you know, I would love it if they did. Yeah. Um, because that was right when they had done WoW Classic uh, and announced that it was going to, they were going to make WoW Classic. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've just been playing some classic Hearthstone decks. Um, it's kind of nice because I have or was easily able to get um, the cards I need to run a, a bunch of, like, the competitive decks since there was, like, a really finite pool of cards you had to get at that time. And, you know, they kind of had a lasting appeal, so I kept them in my collection. But um I have been toying around a lot as the Druid class, which I don't know. Have you ever played Hearthstone, Angie? No, I've heard about it though, and um, I've, some people, some people that I have talked to, are really into it, and I've heard a little bit about it, so I know a little bit. But yeah. again, like I haven't gotten into it myself. Yeah, the the really simple, straightforward explanation for any listeners who don't really know is um, it's a digital card game. Um, where yes. you play creatures and spells and they fight each other and you try and defeat the enemy hero who's played by another player. It's um, 
got some single player stuff, but it's almost universally PVP. Um, and so the Druid class um, is all in tune with nature, but um, ramps up into big creatures really quickly with some powerful spells that give it like more mana than the other player. Um, and I've been playing a lot of that class, which is not a class that I played a ton of. Um, my original reason that I was excited for Hearthstone Classic is there's these two decks, um, Handlock, which is a Warlock deck where you draw a bunch of cards, and then the fact that you have a big team size lets you play really powerful minions. Um, and then uh, Miracle Rogue, which is obviously a rogue class deck, um, where you play a bunch of spells really quickly and draw through your deck quickly and just kind of like play your cards so fast that the enemy doesn't know it hit them. Um, and so those were the first two decks I built, but I haven't even really played that much of them um, because I've been having so much fun as the Druid. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to keep streaming that. The other game I've been streaming has been <laughs> Final Fantasy XIV, um, which I, I think I'm like level 42 in now. And I'm just uh, not that far into the story content um, because they just like really pour on the experience points because they want you to speed through that early content now with all the expansions that are out. Yeah, so is this is this the one that you have been playing with um, your friends as well, or is that seven? Uh, so the fourteen remake. is the MMO that I've been playing with friends. Oh, okay, that's what um, I thought. Yeah, and uh, so I, um, when you hit level thirty as your starting class, it lets you spec into like the fully formed version of that class. Um, and so I had started playing as the Arcanist because I wanted to be a, a spell user, and I had told my friends I would be a healer. And I guess I kind of lucked out because there's only two possible healer starting classes, um, which I didn't know. Um, yeah. Arcanist is one of them. So Arcanists are like, they use like the geometric, like kind of like nerdy sciencey type of magic. Um, and they're always carrying around their big books and like casting spells out of their books. And then when you hit level 30, um, unique to the Arcanist is you can spec into two different fully formed versions of the class. Um, one is a summoner, which is kind of self-explanatory where you just like summon um, creatures to do most of the fighting for you. Um, but the other one is a scholar, which is the healer class variant for it. And so as a scholar, um, you get into learning about ancient fairy magic um and so i'm able to summon an ancient fairy that does like passive healing for my party um and then uh you know i i it has some powerful like group healing spells which overall like i think is kind of cool um but i feel like i still need to unlock more abilities and kind of get further into the like multiplayer content because they can like match make you into raid parties for like their instance dungeons and stuff. Um, and there have been only a couple of those where like the healing was challenging enough to like keep me on my toes. Um, so do you and your friends just choose different, different types of people to be? So then you're like not all healers for instance. Yeah, we kind of, lucked out i don't know you know we were all sitting and like starting our accounts at the same time when we started this about a month ago yeah um and so i like i said i i didn't realize that picking your starting class kind of set you on a path to that first class you would get to spec into yeah um but i lucked out and got one that turns into a healing class and i'm not sure if my friends just successfully looked up um, but one is a tank and the other is DPS. So we have that, um, that Trinity. Um, the thing that's really cool um, is they have like uh, basically like matchmaking system to like pair you with people who want to do the same dungeon as you. Mm -hmm. And when you are playing as a healer or a tank class, you, you queue in like almost immediately. Um, and so when we've done like two person parties with me and my friend playing the tank, we just like instantaneously matchmake for these dungeons. Um, ah. and those are really good opportunities to get a bunch of experience points, which is part of the reason I'm a little bit over leveled. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than the fact that they like really, really push that. Um, so that's been really fun. Um, I definitely like 
I want to like keep up on the treadmill of progress in it in a way that I haven't in a game for a while. Um, and so that's fun, but it's mostly been fun as just a way to stay connected with them. Um, and the story's like somewhat interesting at this point, but I've heard it gets a lot better the further into the expansions you get. Um, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it's not just just that, like it's not just the game itself. There's other things you can add to it, just like any other game, which is kind of awesome. Um, my mother-in-law actually plays Final Fantasy Final Fantasy a lot. That's like her thing. It's what she loves cool. doing. So I didn't know that until like I was like, "Are you for real?" She's like, "Oh yeah." She just loves building. She likes crafting a lot, so she likes to go. She said she goes and collects all of the things or mines or collects all the things that she needs and gets that gets experience from that and she has like other people on her team doing that for her too so then she can oh, craft neat. a bunch of stuff that sounds exactly, really cool i don't know exactly what she does because i'm just not into final fantasy like that i wish i did because yeah my my brother-in-law and mother-in-law are totally into it yeah i know um there's like a bunch of subclasses like um there's a bunch of classes that you can spec into that are are like jobs of like, I want to be a fisher and I just go out and fish. Um, and they have a bunch of different crafting subclasses like that too, so uh, awesome. where you can be like a leathersmith or et cetera, et cetera. Um, the last game that I briefly checked out um, is one that got uh, announced with a trailer that it was coming to Game Pass um, and it's called Genesis Noir. Have you seen the trailer for this game? No. Or played any of it? I haven't, no. So um, I was drawn to the game because it has this like really wild, like black and white and gold art style. Um, and it's like a noir, like a, a noir detective movie um, from kind of that like 1950s era, I feel like was when the noir stuff was big in Hollywood. Yeah, it looks it looks 1950s ish, honestly. Like the, yeah. I'm looking at some of the pictures and stuff. It looks like it, and um, it's kind of abstract art. It kind of. It is I very it. abstract. I I threw the word expressionistic out <laughs> with. Um, I sat and started it because I thought my girlfriend might enjoy it, um, because she enjoys like adventure games and puzzle games from growing up. So I figured she would be a good co-pilot. Um, yeah. so I just played through like the equivalent of like the first level. But the goal of the game is to stop the Big Bang. Um, ah. And so there's a lot of like, uh, you start the game on this street corner and you need, you're hungry. So you need to earn money to buy some food. And so you open up your coat and there's just like, you have a bunch of watches for sale. <laughs> so you have to sell people watches to make um, money for some food. And then you kind of like chase after someone down the street or someone chases you. I don't really remember, but then you end up going back to your like home apartment, which is inside of the face of a Big Ben style watchtower oh my god um and so it's really weird um the first level was a lot like going through i interpreted it as like going through the book of genesis from the bible in the sense of like you're ex you're like playing around in these like small interactive mini games about like creating the water creating plant life creating the sun creating oh. the concept of time passing um and it's all through these different ways of like interacting with these kind of simple but like visually striking um things um yeah i i'm gonna stick with it just to play through it i did run into a couple of like glitchy kind of like frustrating bits where i would be like stuck between an object and like not able to move my character for a really long time mm -hmm. um so i think you know it's it seems like it's a pretty uh small independent team making it from what i can tell um so uh it's from uh feral cat den which is a small studio in new york city um publisher is fellow traveler um from australia which uh, is an indie game publisher um but uh, you know it's it's on game pass so like if you have game pass on xbox uh it I is do. available to play now um and it's it's come to almost everything else um so yeah the the catch is genesis noir is set before during and after the big bang to save your love you must stop the expansion of the universe 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. Sounds um, like you have a big task on your hands. A big abstract task. And the music is really, <laughs> really great. The music and sound in it also has kind of like a jazzy 50s. Oh, I love it. Like, I almost want to say like a beat. Like, you know, like kind of like standing bass, bass lines and like jazzy sound effects. So um, yeah. I definitely love the aesthetics of it. And like, it's it feels really like almost like you're interacting with like toys and it's like very playful, um, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem to be like too frustrating of an adventure game yet at this point, but I'm wondering if things will get a little bit tougher as I go in. And say, are you still just in the beginning parts of it? Yeah, I, I yeah. literally just got like the achievement for completing the first level, basically. <laughs> nice. We'll see. The, yeah, then I'm assuming that, you know, just like any other game, levels will get a little bit more difficult, but, you know, depending on what it's all about. Yeah. So those are like the main things I've been checking out. Um, I've slowed down in Dark Souls, but I intend to go back to it. Um, for people who care about Dark Souls, I'm in An Orlando, and I just made it past the two archers that are a huge pain in the ass. Um, something that I've really loved about Dark Souls is like if people have played enough Dark Souls, you can just say, oh, I'm at the archers, and that's shorthand for them to know exactly what part of the game you're in and right. why you would, like, uh, you know, these are just, like, two enemies that are just set up in a particular way to be so annoying that it will, like, grab your attention and stick with you forever. Their main goal is to be that asshole. Oh, it's it's diabolical, <laughs> Angie. It is vicious. Um, but I made it past them and then got really far into the next area, and didn't find a bonfire that was right after you finish the encounter with the two archers. And the bonfire is where you save, right? Yeah. And so I died and then tried over and over again to make it back. (laughs) But I did eventually get there. That's the most Um, frustrating part when you get past it, but then you just can't save it and you have to go all the way back again. Yeah. And I was like totally crushing it after I got there the first time. Like I felt like a a god. And then... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I died to a stupid mistake to an enemy that was like completely optional. No. <laughs> Couldn't make it back. And then and then the next time I made it back, I just turned left and opened a door that I had like not opened the first time and there was a save point. Oh shit. <laughs> or a bonfire. It's not really a save point. You can save anywhere, but there was a bonfire. Yeah. And there was like a note on the ground, you know, you can write these notes to people and it says, Hey, there's a bonfire ahead. And of course I didn't see it the first time because I was oh. too cocky. <laughs> but that's Dark Souls. Um, suffering is fun. And speaking of suffering, <laughs> we're going to hear all about Mario's suffering. Why don't we jump into the news? Uh, poor Mario. Or at the very least, the suffering of, of Mario fans. So um, yes. the fir- the way I want to jump into the Mario story is um, some, like, maybe not very good reporting from CNN business. Um, Claire Duffy at CNN uh, reported out with the headline, Super Mario Bros. fans are panicking over rumors that Mario is going to die. Okay. Um, and it just feels like a mainstream news source just not understanding the internet making jokes and memes um either that or it's like a bad faith like tongue-in-cheek reading of everything yeah because that sounds Um, bad but as we know um this has already happened um but today is the last day on on the day we're recording for people to buy uh the mario all-stars 3d all-stars collection um, and on the eShop and in stores and stuff like that. Um, although I know they announced that you're still able to buy it with digital codes. If you get those digital codes in a physical store, you can still download it from the eShop. They'll still be validated. Yeah. Um, did you check out any of the Mario uh, 35th anniversary stuff, like the thir- Super Mario Bros. 35 or or the... 3d all-stars or anything like that i know you just recently got your switch so no i haven't i feel like i'm missing out on some stuff but no i haven't yet yeah i know um the my recommendation is because i i assume you have switch online service i uh, no, i don't oh i was told i need that 
I think we're trying to add you to John's family plan or something. Oh, um, but if you right. have that, you have the um, Nintendo Switch at Super NES online service too. And you can oh, play okay. Super Mario All-Stars through that. So it's just like a bunch of the like Super Nintendo iterations of a bunch of classic Mario games from the 2D era. And like, there's still good Mario stuff around, but they're cleaning house. Do you feel like people are overblowing this like death of Mario things for the lulls or like, what do you, what's your take on this, Angie? I, uh, yeah, I feel like it's blowing a little out of proportion. I think people are just having fun with it though, just because you can with this character that's been around for so long, um, kind of an iconic character, but no, Mario is never going away. Never, ever. I don't think that's ever, ever going to happen. I think he's going to be around until future, future, future. Like, he'll still be around when all of us are gone, I'm sure. <laughs> like, he'll just be his lone self somewhere. Well, Mike Minotti over at GamesBeat um, has posted their very serious obituary for Mario. <laughs> so, um, I've seen that. Full of some kind of funny stuff. And uh, there's a really great Photoshopped image from Jeff Grubb of uh, the reign of the Super Marios, which is, I think is a take on the death, uh, the death of Superman uh, from the death and return of Superman arc of comics uh, yes. from back in the day. Um, and I, I'm just delighted by that image. But um, I, I think it's a little strange that they put the time limit on stuff. Um, this is also the last day that people are able to buy that um, re-release of the fire emblem the original fire emblem for the nes that's like released on the eShop, okay um for the first time translated into english and stuff and it, it all seems really arbitrary to me um but nintendo's gonna do what nintendo's gonna do um i guess <laughs> yeah i mean i don't think mario's ever gonna go away because i think they'd probably get a lot of backlash about it but i think he'll live uh, our next story, uh, we have a pair of stories coming from uh, IGN. Uh, writers are Rebecca Valentine and Joe Scrubbles um, about some updates with Cyberpunk 2077 and some some news and information about uh, CD Projekt Red's plan to expand and uh, continue development of, of some new games. Um, the long-awaited 1.2 patch that got delayed for Cyberpunk 2077 is finally live everywhere except for Stadia. I think the Stadia version is coming later on. Um, they made 500 changes, and uh, Joe Scrubbles' story on IGN seems to have bullet-pointed out every single change. I seen that, and I was like, holy shite. Yeah, thing. so <laughs> I think 1.2 was the big one um, in their timeline of kind of the fixes. Um, Good for them, I know. Though. Yeah, I mean, they did it. They hammered it out. Um, I know there was some confusing messaging in the weeks before this where they did like an in-universe news story about changes to the police policies of of Night City um, so one of the changes is that like police responses are going to be less intense and fast. Um, but there's just like more realistic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Sorry. it depends on who it depends on who's being responded to. If we're talking about realism. Um, yes, true. But, uh, you know, it, all kinds of like minute, minute changes in that, um, there's plenty of stories and patch notes if you want to dig into the specifics, but I know this was kind of the big patch. I was waiting for it before I jumped back in the game. Um, so I'm going to have to find some room on the docket to sort of restart my story here and, and refresh my memory on what I was actually up to in Night City before I kind of took a break from it. So, um, yeah, you said you were pausing, but so like this update will is kind of just going to push you back into the game because of how many things are being updated. Literally yeah, hundreds. you know, I the game feels like a lot like a Grand Theft Auto game to me and a lot like um, an Oblivion or like Skyrim, like Bethesda style open world RPG had a mm -hmm. child together. And I've never really vibed with the open worlds of 
a Grand Theft Auto game. I just haven't cared for those, but I've I have always liked the Bethesda games, even like um Fallout 4, I feel like got kind of like a mixed to negative reception from people because they didn't feel like it was different enough from Fallout 3. And I loved that. Uh, you love Fallout uh, 4? Yeah, I, I well both, but um <laughs> I really enjoyed Fallout 4. Um was pulling like all nighters playing that game and going and like calling in sick to work to play it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. Like, uh, I've done that before. I mean, who hasn't though with video different, games? Different time in my life. <laughs> right. But um, I, I like want to see through the storyline of this game because the production values are so high and I just like want to see it through. Um, yeah. But I also like, I just feel like even though I'm like a cool hacker, I just shoot people. Um, <laughs> so I'm hoping that like, if I get further into the tech tree, I'll, I'll kind of unlock some more cool hacking abilities and stuff. For sure. Um, speaking of patches, our next story comes from Video Games Chronicle, VGC. Um, and Tom Ivan writes that Call of Duty Warzone and Modern Warfare file sizes will be significantly reduced following a new 50 plus gigabyte update for the games. Um, Good. Yeah, the Warzone file size will be cut by as much as 14 gigabytes and the Modern Warfare slash Warzone file size will be slashed by as much as 33.6 gigabytes depending on the platform. Uh, it goes into specifics in the story but i know this has been like an ongoing problem for yes. those games as they just like balloon in size can you talk to me about that i i'm not a, a call of duty player but it seems like it would be a huge headache i'm not gonna lie i haven't even downloaded or done anything with warzone because of the fact that the updates for these are just too insane it's too insane i haven't even updated anything i'm just like, i'm not gonna deal with it because i'm not gonna go buy another hard drive like a terabyte or something to just be able to have one game on there because it's so many large updates uh i just got frustrated with it i didn't understand why you needed such large updates because it didn't seem super significant to me um, hmm. but maybe it is for a lot of people but i don't know i just don't think it's necessary and i'm glad that they could cut that but if they cut it are they going to be having having more updates more frequently then? Because that would still be as frustrating as having a large one, in my opinion. But I don't know what their plan is with that. As long as, uh, I don't know. Having the large updates sucked a lot. I hated it. Yeah, I mean, 33 gigs is like the size of several games, depending on, you know, right. if it's a triple A versus, versus a bunch of smaller games or indies. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, you know, every little bit help, you know, every little bit counts and helps when you're trying to clear up space to find room to install the next thing you're going to check out. Exactly. So, I mean, if you're, I mean, if you just get an Xbox, what is it like a one terabyte, two terabyte now? And it's like, okay, you can hold like five games with their updates on there. So might need to get an ex external hard drive or something. Yeah. The uh, Series X, I think, um, is a, is marketed as a terabyte, but has like a i think a little over 800 or gigabytes free okay and then the series s only has 500 um yeah then you're definitely going to need an external or something to be one able of their to weird expansion cards that are yeah designed for it yep um the next story also ties into call of duty and this i i think is like a really really interesting story um over at Waypoint Games by Vice after their umpteenth rebrand. Um, so <laughs> Lorenzo Franceschi Biccarelli uh, has posted Activision reveals malware disguised as Call of Duty Warzone cheats. Ooh. Security researchers at the gaming company published a report that details a hacking campaign that used malware hidden, hidden inside a cheat for the popular online game. Um, According to the publisher Activision, security researchers at the gaming company published an in-depth report about the malware on Wednesday, revealing uh, the clever malware campaign 
security researchers found a war zone cheat advertised on popular cheating forms that was actually malware that let hackers take control of the victim's computers. The cheat installed a dropper, a type of malicious application that can be used to download and install other types of malware on the victim's computer. The dropper examined in this report, COD Dropper V0.1, can be customized to install other more destructive malware onto the target's machines. The report reads, a person familiar with the recent malware campaign targeting gamers said that one of the goals of the malware was to use gamers' powerful GPUs to mine cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, there's more to the story. Um, go check the story out on Vice uh, at Waypoint because um, I just think it's fascinating. Um, it's crazy what people can do, but um, I mean, with any any game nowadays, I apparently, um, because it's hackers are getting more into it, because a lot of people are gaming more now, which is fine, but you're just going to you know, be more vulnerable, and, and the gaming community or developers are going to be more vulnerable, so they just have, I hope they up their security measures a little bit more. Yeah, definitely, and you know, it goes to show you like if you're gonna cheat it's you're taking your life into your own hands and your computer's life into your own hands too so right um yeah i don't want to say that anyone's justified in having malware installed on their computer but i I don't have any love for cheaters (laughs) no i agree i mean it sucks uh in general for anybody to have it but you know, if it's going to be anybody, then may as well be people that cheat. <laughs> <laughs> and at least the malware is being used to, you know, mine cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because of course it is, because everything ties back into cryptocurrency now. Uh, yeah, um, apparently. <laughs> the last story that I pulled uh, comes straight from the Xbox Wire. Um, Alex Nunn, senior business and strategy lead uh, at Designed for Xbox posted that they are introducing the Designed for Xbox limited series Bang & Olufsen Bioplay Portal headphones, which is a bunch of words that mean that Xbox has created a high-end pair of gaming headset headphones that are going to retail for $4.99, which is the price of the Xbox Series X. Um, have you taken a look at the design on these things at all, Angie? I, I have, yes. Um, uh, so, I mean, they look nice. They look sleek. They look really cool. But, uh, and I was reading a little bit. It says it has like a virtual um, boom um, for your mic. So it's not one to stick in right in front of your face, uh, which is, I mean, that's nice. That's cool and everything, but I'm not, I'm not gonna, no, I'm not going to spend $500 for a pair of headphones. I'm sorry. Non-replaceable battery. No. You hate to see it. Um, I think especially the Navy one with like the brass looking or like copper looking metal part is so, I don't know why. Like, the design on them is so good. Or the gray ones that, like, here's the thing. These are, like, universal. Like, I think you're going to be able to use them with, um, like, you as use Bluetooth with headphones. Yeah. I yep. think. Not, yeah, you can't, it's not just for Xbox. You know, you, you could use it for your computer. You could use it for your phone. Like, conference calls. I mean, you could do a lot of things with them. Um, you could, like, watch show, shows with them. Um, things like that. But I, I'm just... It's insane. Is Do you have a sense that, like, one thing that I, like, personally, like, I don't have, like, that much gamer aesthetic stuff in my life, as I say that as I wear my insert coin sweatshirt, but, like, um, you know, I think, like, a lot of gamer aesthetic things, especially in PC gaming, are, like, these vibrant, like, multicolored light situations um and i i frankly find it sort of garish sometimes and like i think the design on these is like really understated and like i could actually see myself wearing them in public as like a pair of bluetooth headphones um do you like do you ever feel like gamer aesthetics are like a little bit in your face for lack of a better word (laughs) um yes 
a little bit. Some well, sometimes some of them are you know, uh, you know, more sleek and taken back a little bit. But some of them can get pretty crazy. Which yeah. if that's what people are going for, that's totally fine. And if you're gonna be streaming, I guess if you want something you know, out of the box or, you know, different from anything else, that's totally fine. I'm not opposed to that whatsoever. Um, I think these are, I think they made these just to have more options, have a higher end option for people, but also let them know that, hey, it's not just for your Xbox. It could be for a lot of other things as well. And also that virtual boom mic is nice. So you don't have something in your face, and which I think a lot of people like don't ha don't like to have that, which I have that on mine right now, and I don't particularly mm -hmm. like it. <laughs> and my dog tries to eat it, but I'm not gonna <laughs> spend five hundred dollars on a pair of on a headset. Well, thank you. I'll, yeah. I'll wait till it's like half or seventy five percent off or something. It looks like they're maybe not. I'm trying to see. Yeah, you can still add it to cart. So um, the black ones are available now, and then the two other colors go up for are up for pre order and become available like over the course of uh, in Is May. It, it looks yeah, like. ships in May. So I don't know. I if I didn't have a like a a freebie starter gaming headset for my PC. Um, the pair of like recording headphones that I paid for that are like pretty okay quality, like recording headphones. Cause I like music a lot. Like I listen to a ton of music in these mm -hmm. and Bluetooth headphones for my phone and a bunch of iPod headphones that are like lying around and like just <laughs> wanted one, like if I could like sell these things all off, except for my, my Bluetooth ones are like my exercise headphones. Um, if I could clear all of these out of existence and like cut down to one thing, this looks like it would be a good option. I've never heard of, of Bang & Olufsen, but it, just from like the design aesthetic of it, it looks like it's a high quality yeah. company. Um, I don't know their reputation as like audio engineers or anything like that, but like when you're going to drop $500 on a pair of headphones, it better have amazing sound quality. I agree. That's the whole point of a headset, right? Obviously. Um, but I don't know. I besides these, the the new Xbox wireless headset that came out is looking looking pretty sweet. Well, yeah, like, at one fifth the price. <laughs> yeah, I'd get those. I'd get those ones. And you know, honestly, like the aesthetics on that um, the new Xbox the wireless uh, headset wireless headset it's really clean design. Like I, I think it, it looks. Um, it, I think it's always just that that boom mic that makes it look like you're a football coach or something. <laughs> hey, some of those are some of those guys are pretty cool, so I'd take it. But um, yeah, I think like between that and like the design work that PS Five and Sony has put into the PlayStation Five ecosystem, it's getting sharp. Sony stuff is so futuristic looking, though. You know? Yeah. Like this looks very modern, but not ultra futuristic in a way that it feels like I wouldn't be like a cyberpunk character popping out when I'm going to the store wearing my headphones or whatever. Yeah. Anyways, I feel like I've talked way too long about this, but it's because I'm trying to keep myself from buying them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cause I, I'm a Mark and I fall for stuff like that all the time. Don't um, do it. Yeah. But I'm going to use this as a transition into our mostly normal question uh, which is what is the most amount of money that you have spent on a gaming peripheral? Mm. Um, and so I would like leave out game consoles because obviously those are like a big investment. But like, yeah, have, have you like gotten any gaming peripherals that feel like they're like pretty pricey or anything like that? Actually, no, because I, I'm cheap. I'm cheap. I'm very much cheap. So like, I don't want to spend too much money. I think the most I spent. Um, we're on, on my HyperX head, headset, my HyperX headset, and I love them. They are amazing. It's an amazing headset. Um, and I, I use it a lot when I'm gaming just because the sound quality to me is, is great. Uh, I think I spent like a hundred, 130 bucks on them. 
And so for me, I was like, oh, that's such a good deal. I'm going to buy these and they're great. They're awesome. I can use them for many things, which I do. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that would be the most that I've spent so far. Although I am looking at um, Xbox controller that is about, I guess it is around a hundred bucks. So it still wouldn't be more than the, the HyperX headset, headset that I have right now. Which, uh, which hundred dollar controller are you looking there? I don't know, um, the exact name for it, but it's black cause I'm, I go for the darker colors. Mm -hmm. I think it was a so, series controller. Yeah. I, um, ended up buying the, and I think this is probably the most expensive game purple I've bought is the Xbox elite series two. Yes. Um, but I got it refurbished from Amazon, so I think it was like 180 bucks, which felt like a bargain for that. But then, like that's what it was. You're right. So it wasn't what I was thinking. It was 180 dollars. You're right. Yep. I don't personally like. I feel like I shouldn't have bought it. Oh, really? Yeah. Like it feel like. Having the back paddles, I've actually been using them in Dark Souls because I like did a setup um, to have um, have the sprint and jump like on the back side, so I don't have to like mess around with the weird button configuration for it. Mm -hmm. um, but it it definitely is like high quality. Like it feels like it's built really well, um, and it's like very customizable. But like. I just like, I like the original Xbox series of controllers plenty fine. And like, it's not that big of a difference to me. Uh, so I don't know if it would be like worth the money to invest in one, um, unless you find it on like a really good deal. Um, Do you think it's only because you use it, use those back pedals for one game so far versus using it more than that one game or do you like if you feel like you used it for more games like those like all the features for it do you think it would be more worth it i feel like this is like a problem of me being an old dog trying to learn new tricks with it and it mm -hmm. just is like a little bit complicated to learn four more buttons to include it when i'm playing a game i hear you um it's nice because dark souls is kind of slow paced as you work your way through it, especially at the start. So I felt like I had the opportunity to ease into it. Whereas like I was looking up ways to configure that for like, oh, I want to play like Apex on it. Like what should I assign to these four back pedals to get the best use out of this? Yeah. But I had already played a bunch of Apex. And so like I was used to doing it the one way already and then had like taken a couple months off when i was jumping back into it and so i was like on the learning curve of doing a bad job at the game and i was on the learning curve of needing to figure oh, no. out when i needed to hit which button because it wasn't like super intuitive um, right so i think it's better if you like set it up from the start and use it from the start in a new game and i think i'll maybe continue doing that but then the problem is, is then you have to dedicate, like, you're only going to play that game on that controller. Well, yeah, because then you have to, you know, use those buttons and then make sure you still remember what buttons you assigned to what paddles. Unless, you know, you're some sort of uh, super elite gamer who has four of them living around their house. Um, True that. Yeah. What do you say about uh, closing out the podcast here? Let's do that. And uh, I want to hear if other people, like, I want to see what other people have spent. Because I'm kind of curious now if, other, if people have spent a whole lot more than just, like, $100 on a headset or something. Or, I suppose, on a controller. Yeah, I want to hear from the PC gamers who all just bought their $800 graphics cards. Oh, well, which... yeah, that's... <laughs> I think that's different. Like a, yeah, that's different. It's not really a peripheral, consoles. but yeah, uh, it feels <laughs> it feels comparable. Um, that does it for the show this week. Um, thank you everybody for joining us, and Angie, thanks for being here and and hanging out one on one. This has been really fun. 
Um, would you let everyone know where they can follow you on the internet, please? Internets, yes. At uh, Stellar Smalls on um, Twitter and Instagram. Nice. And Twitch. And Twitch, yes. Thank you. I forget about that because I need to actually get my ass back on Twitch. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, it can be hard sometimes. I'm not going to lie. There are more, especially with these early mornings, it's hard to get me to sit down. But um, speaking of early mornings, uh, you all can find me at VG Occasion on Twitter and on Twitch. Um, I am taking a little bit of a break from Twitter uh, and only checking it on the computer uh, because I've just realized that social media is killing my soul again. I could um, do that. If you want to contribute to the content, you can. Please send us some emails at podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. Uh, you can follow the official podcast Twitter at mngamerspodcast. Do it. Sign up for Mostly Normal Monthly, our newsletter at mngamers.substack.com. Do that And find us on your podcast listening service of choice and leave us a positive five-star review. That helps Please. people find the show. Um, and we just want you to tell us how much you love us. Um, tell a friend about the show. It would be great if we could get things spread around and get some new ears on the podcast uh, because we love what we do and we want other people to hear what we're doing. That would be awesome. Get our name out there. That's it for the show. Hey. Everyone go play some games. I'm going to go play some D&D. Bye. Bye.